Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, July 3rd. Let's jump into today's top stories. AAC Commissioner Mike Oresco tells in forums Mike McFeely that, we don't discuss teams that might have an interest in our conference and where the interest might be reciprocated. That said, I will say this. North Dakota State has an outstanding program at the FCS level and it's been shown that FCS schools can move up and be successful in FBS. That's been shown by multiple schools. James Madison, Coastal Carolina, Appalachian State a few years ago. We try to keep abreast of what might be happening and we always have contingency plans, but we don't discuss those publicly. Frankly, it's a little disconcerting that other conferences are now talking about which schools they'd like to add or that they might be targeting. It never used to be that way. On whether the conference would consider adding another football-only member, Oresco responds, It's not something we would rule out by any means. You don't rule out anything, but right now we are focused on our incoming schools and we really don't have any expansion plans at the moment. But you never know. Ohio State AD Gene Smith talks NIL, conference realignment, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti and more with the Columbus Dispatch. Smith says, a lot of people overreact when there's a newness. I think that's when you have to pause, get feedback, study, and not overreact. There are so many things we learn from the transfer portal to NIL and everything else in between. For instance, at the advent of NIL, Smith says everyone was focused on donors and individual contributions to the collectives. That's viable, but what has shifted over time, which is the way it was originally intended to be, was to try and get your community involved from a business point of view. What we've learned is that Columbus has 30,000 businesses and corporations. We needed to make sure we focused on those relationships. OSU has hired Moody Nolan and Rossilli as the architect and construction manager, respectively, for the St. John's Arena and ice rink projects, and Smith notes the hope is the Buckeyes will have a plan for women's ice hockey competition sometime in November. On his future in Columbus, Smith said, I'm healthy, I'm having fun, I enjoy what I do. I don't know when I'm going to retire. I have no clue. CEOs I'm blessed to work with who are retired told me I'll know. Florida is ready to select an architect for its $400 million renovation of Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Gators AD Scott Strickland said, We've engaged with vendors that specialize in iconic venues and stadium experience for both fans and players, while offering a variety of solutions. It is now time to take that information and engage with an architect who can present renovation, construction and phasing options for the swamp. There are many questions that come with a project of this scope, but it would be premature to speculate on the answer to many of those, including but not limited to final costs, seating capacity, and specific timeline. We look forward to working along with an architect that will start providing options on what those answers could look like, and allow us to continue to host college football's biggest and best fans in the swamp. The Tennessee Board of Trustees approved a request to increase the budget for Phase 1 of Neyland Stadium renovations, by $49 million to $337 million. UT also released updated renderings for renovations to stadium skyboxes, which are scheduled to be completed by fall 2024. Per the Vols release, the project will be highlighted by a significant expansion to Main Concourse 1, inclusive of additional restrooms and an improved concessions experience. Additionally, the south end of the facility will be home to the stadium's first-ever kitchen, commissary, and loading dock. 
Sportico's Daniel Libet reports that a group of plaintiffs has filed lawsuits claiming their personal data was improperly captured and disclosed by the official athletic websites of Florida, Nebraska, Texas, and USC, adding that Learfield and its subsidiary, Sidearm Sports, are also named as defendants. Specifically, Libet explains, at issue is whether the defendants have properly disclosed or provided an opportunity for users to consent to various tracking tools, including those engineered by Meta and Google, which share personal identification information with third parties, and if this violates federal and state privacy laws. For example, the lawsuits allege the websites violated the Video Privacy Protection Act by capturing the information of individuals who clicked on embedded videos on the team sites with Facebook's tracking code, Pixel. Plaintiffs' lawyers say they've identified, through their investigatory work, at least 173 sidearm sports collegiate sites whose use of Pixel resulted in subscribers' Facebook ID numbers and video watching histories being shared with Facebook, signaling new proceedings against other schools could be coming down the pike. A spokesperson for USC tells Sportico the university takes data privacy very seriously and will defend itself against these allegations. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, July 3. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.